Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Aura of Greatness. This is episode 1.7, The Motorcycle Diaries. This time, we're going to be discussing the Motorcycle Diaries in the context of the popular culture image of who Che Guevara is at this point in his life and the popular culture image of the trip. In doing so, we are going to discuss, uh, most notably, the movie by the same title, released in 2004, The Motorcycle Diaries, and we are also going to be discussing some of the other things and events and images that have come from this trip. First off, we should point out that uh, in doing so, anytime you're talking about the popular culture image of Che Guevara, there is kind of a mythos that is associated with it that immediately draws upon his later Marxist uh, revolutionary views. We won't be focusing on that part of it. Instead, we're going to be looking specifically at the young Che Guevara. Now, last time, in Notas de Vieja, we discussed his actual journal entries, and we tried to put the action into a historical context. This time, we're going to kind of look at it uh, from an outside perspective, outside of history. First thing that we're going to look at is specifically the Motorcycle Diaries film. Now, if you look at uh, most of the reviewing sites, such as Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic, the Motorcycle Diaries does get a positive rating. For the most part, most critics do give it the you know, proverbial thumbs up. At the Sundance Film Festival, where it premiered in 2004, it actually received a standing ovation. But in most accounts, it has been well received. There are articles and critics who say that they do not like the movie. Part of the reason for that is because they say that it is celebrating the life of a mass murderer. And any time that we do discuss Che Guevara, whether it's in the context of a revolution or just his icon, there are people who are going to hate no matter what is put out, and there are people who are going to love no matter what is put out, just because of how they feel about Che Guevara. From that perspective, I'm not going to be casting an opinion based on who he becomes later in his life. I think I'm going to be looking at this point in his life and at how this point in his life is reflected in our popular culture today. It should be stated that as far as popular culture views, we think of the Motorcycle Diaries as kind of Che Guevara's origin story. It's where he kind of found his vocation and he realized what he needed to do. At the same time, it is not seen as the point in time where he becomes a radical Marxist revolutionary but rather it is the point where his eyes open up to the needs and the injustices of the lower classes. I think that's a pretty accurate description, both in terms of his popular culture image, but also in the life of Jacob Barr. To this point, we certainly have seen that he has started off leading a pretty privileged life. He's able to be well-educated. He's able to live a pretty nice life of a middle-class citizen in South America. In doing so, he was shielded many of the poverty and lack of access that he will see among all the people that he meets along the way. In this way, as he meets a woman who is too poor to pay for medical attention, even though she is suffering from a life-threatening disease, he feels terrible that he's unable to assist her and that no one else is willing to assist her because she can't pay. And in that way, this is a very much an eye-opening journey if we take a step back and focus on the trip, the book, and the movie as kind of insular events and we don't put it into the context of the later person, we can see it's very much a story of, as we kind of discussed last time, a coming-of-age story. 
They don't get too political, but they certainly do give a social commentary. Did you talk about the struggles of the lower classes? Did you talk about the struggle of living in poverty? Did you talk about the struggle of having a disease that sets you apart from everyone else? They very easily could have turned it into just an entire story about why you should become a Marxist. I'm glad that they did not do that because that would have become quite unwatchable. Whereas the movie, as it did come out, is a pretty good movie. Uh, one that you can enjoy, I think, whether you are a Marxist, are a moderate, or are a hardcore capitalist, because it simply is then a human story of struggle. And from that perspective, it certainly is an artistically done story. There were times where you certainly could see that this particular movie does not have a blockbuster type budget. But they did pay very close attention to the imagery that they were using. They did travel to these sites and they tried to put an authentic feel to every kind of scene and to not make it, even though it was made in the 21st century, to try to show what it would have actually looked like in the 1950s. The scene where Alberto and Che uh, at Machu Picchu, for instance, is an absolutely beautiful scene. And you can really see and feel almost like you're there just because of the way that it was shot. The director of photography did just an amazing job of setting up shots and setting up scenes and making it look great. I thought they put together a very nice picture, a very nice artistically put together film. Now, as far as the historical content and the accuracy to the story, for the most part, if you read most articles, they'll say they did a very good job, and they very much went through and they stuck to what was in the book. And even they had Alberto Bernardo as an advisor of the film. He went through the scenes, and he was with them every step of the way to make sure that they were putting together a historically accurate film. And for that, they certainly accomplished something. Actually, my favorite scene of the entire movie was the very last scene to the actual Alberto Granado in 2004 standing there looking out as Che's plane leaves and their trip ends. It was kind of a very heartwarming scene to kind of see you know, this person grown up. And he was just under 30 years old in the film as depicted. And 50 years later, there he is reflecting on this very amazing trip that changed his life and his friend's life forever. Now, if you listen to our last episode, Notas de Vieja, you'll recall that I started off kind of a tale talking about many of the absurdities that Alberto and Che did. That's one thing that they don't really touch on in the film. They do talk about how they were motorized scroungers, and they certainly show them tricking people to assisting them. And they even show when they go and get interviewed at a newspaper so that they can have a cover story about them. And they even indicate how they're going to use that to get sympathy down the road. But for the most part, they always have it as Alberto being the liar and the manipulator. And they have young Ernesto, innocent Ernesto, who kind of, oh, I don't know if we should be lying. You know, I'm hungry, but I don't know if we should be lying. That was a little disingenuous. And they, of course, skip over all mention of when Che shoots the German Shepherd. They skip over all mention of when he craps out the window onto the bed of peaches. The scene where I thought 
kind of annoyed me the most. The scene in the dance hall where he's pulling the woman uh, and she falls over and then they get chased out of town. They put the onus of that scene entirely on the woman, uh, where she basically was saying, let's go, let's get out of here. And then once Chase started to go, she realized that she was being watched and then pulled back and then fell over. It made it so that the entire scene was blamed on the woman. Based on you know, reading the diary and kind of knowing what Chase's character was, I can't imagine that's the way that it happened, but they wanted to keep the innocence of Che, and they wanted to keep him as kind of this role model. That was a little annoying. If you have seen the movie, you probably kind of noticed that as well. If you haven't and you plan on watching it, do remember that the mediums uh, always kind of change how the story is told, and there certainly is a difference to how they depict things on the movie screen in order to kind of tell a less complicated message than what is told in the book. So I would say my overall impression is that if you like studying Che at all, the movie's well worth watching. It's an interesting take and it kind of shows you kind of his place in popular culture, both in North America, and South America, and beyond. Because of course there are people that do see him as this hero and there are people who simply view him as a champion of those in poverty. Just from the perspective of this is a movie giving a social commentary about an actual real-life person, it does a good job of bringing that social commentary to life. I enjoyed that. In the end, I would say it's worth watching. It's a very interesting tale, and it does do a pretty good job of telling the essence of the story of the Motorcycle Diaries, especially because at this point in Che's life, he has not become radicalized, and he is not an outwardly Marxist person. His later actions certainly make his image more complicated. But from this point, this origin story, if you will, he could have gone into a million different directions. He could have followed Dr. Pesci's path and become just a, an amazing doctor who treated patients who did not have the funds to pay for it. And then everyone would love Che Guevara. And this movie would be very inspiring to everyone. The reason that it's not very inspiring to everyone is because who Che did become later. And that is what the rest of our podcast is going to be about. Every episode from here on out, we'll be getting into who he becomes later. And I'm very excited to get into that historical narrative. So far, these first seven episodes have been setting the stage and building up who the human behind Jacob Ara is. The rest of the way, we're going to be dissecting him after he gets onto the world stage. There's going to be one or two more episodes before he meets Fidel and boards the grandma. And after that point, we get to get into the juicy parts of his life. And it's going to be very interesting. But as I was saying, up to this point in his life, he actually is still quite innocent. And it's this kind of journey that tells him I need to do something with my life to dedicate towards those less fortunate. We're going to find out what it is that he did, and whether he helped or not. Before we move on from the movie, one thing that I do want to point out, they do pay very close attention to the three-week time period that Chan Alberto spent at Dr. Pesci's leper colony. 
this is something that I did not really talk about last time. This time period is the one that probably hit Che the most because of the physical separation that the doctors and the nurses were keeping from the leper patients. Because as they got to know the patients, they saw them just as people. They played soccer with them. They ate with them. They treated the lepers just as if they were people. And the lepers clung to them and they loved them for that. And kind of the climactic scene of the movie is when Che swims across the Amazon River and proves to the people on the other side, hey, that's just water. We're still a community here. You are the people that I'd want to spend my birthday with. Now, it's a little bit different the way it played out in the you know, historical narrative. It definitely shows that Che was willing to risk life and limb to prove that equality. And that is going to be something that is a very much a theme for the rest of his life. Okay, I think that's enough time specifically spent on the movie. Beyond the movie, the motorcycle trip through South America is one that has captured the mind of many people. And there are people who have recreated the trip, where they've tried to leave in Argentina and travel through the country. And there actually has been discussions uh, between diplomats from Argentina, Peru, Colombia, and everywhere else that he visited to kind of set up a tour that would follow this trip and work with all the different countries and the visas so that they could capitalize on this kind of image and give a little bit of a boom to their tourist market. Because people love Che and they want to recreate what he did. They haven't done that yet, but there certainly are uh, maps online that you can find and you can create your own and you certainly can hire guides that will assist you in getting through. But someday, it sounds like there's going to be a one-stop shop that can do everything for you. You'll just fly to Argentina and then you start your trip. And that's pretty interesting. That's, that tells of kind of the lasting impact of who Che was and how he has affected that area of the world. Beyond that, if you ever do journey to Cuba, you can actually get a tour on a motorcycle with Che's son. It's La Poderosa Tours, and they are based right in Cuba. Che was very much a lover of travel, and he very much was a lover of motorcycles, and he passed that love down to his son, who talks about how much he cares about travel and about uh, well, his Harley Davidson and that he got that love from his father. Beyond that, there are several books out there that you can kind of read that talk about recreating the journey. There's blog posts out there. I'm not going to get too much into those details beyond just kind of mentioning how just much of an impact this little story, this little nine-month time period that prior to the 90s wasn't really documented or talked about all that much. And now we kind of are at a point where it blew up for a couple years. It's gotten a little bit quieter, you know, in the decades since the movie came out. But it's still a very important part of Che's mythos and something that we will harken back to into the future a few times. I'll mention it a few times going forward. But for now, uh, we're going to put the Motorcycle Diaries to bed. Next time, Che's going to be back on the road. We're going to be heading towards Guatemala, and the point that most people will agree 
finally forced Che into becoming a radical revolutionary. So until next time, thank you for listening to The Aura of Greatness. Please subscribe using your favorite podcast app, whether that's ACAST, iTunes, Stitcher, or what have you. And please, if you do have a Facebook account, go on to our page, give us a like, and we'll keep you updated as we go. Thank you. Cheers.